Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Marvel Plus, the podcast devoted solely to the Disney Plus Marvel series. My name is Brett Scott, I am your host, and this is the show. And it's a special show today, because today we continue with something I started a couple months back, uh, and it seems to be working out really well. People are really enjoying uh, the roundtable discussion where we break down the series in its entirety, talk about all the characters, our favorite and not-so-favorite episodes, and, you know, our overall thoughts of the story. And today we have not one, but two guests to discuss Loki, which is the third series to release on Disney+, and gives us, once again, a very different show. You know, every one of these series is unique so far, and it definitely keeps... It, it keeps it interesting, you know, to have, have it be a little different each time. You know, it keeps it fun. It keeps it fun to talk about. And I feel like one thing about this series that is unique is that it really did some big things to push forward the larger MCU storyline, which I feel like the other series didn't do as much. You know, they, they, they all seem to kind of end where they began, I'm not saying they were bad, and, you know, this series didn't necessarily suffer because of this, um, but it is something that they didn't do that this one did. You know, they, they didn't make any big changes. They introduced a couple new characters, but, you know, they didn't affect the overall MCU big picture story in the way that this one did. So I think it's going to be a lot of fun to talk about. So I'll, I'll go around and introduce everyone, and then we can hop right in. Now, each of these guests are people I had on during the Loki series uh, to break down individual episodes. And I thought it'd be cool to have them back, you know, to see now how they feel about the series now that the first season has come to an end. All right, so returning to the show from X-Men Unraveled, we have Noelle Reed. And we also have with us writer, screenwriter extraordinaire, Ken Jansons. Welcome to the show, guys. Thanks for having us. So if you guys are ready, I mean, we can jump right into it um, and, and talk about initial thoughts before we actually saw the series. So we'll start with Noel. Um, Noel, going into the Loki series, were you... Were you excited about a Loki series or, you know, were you up in the air about it? What did you think going in? Any trailers, anything? I was a little on the fence. I was excited about Loki because I've always liked the character and everything. But I was expecting it to be more of kind of a just for fun series. Like it was going to be Loki just doing Loki stuff and just causing chaos and being crazy. Um, so I was excited because I do I do love the character and everything, but I didn't expect it to be anything serious, I guess. Mm-hmm. And Ken, what did you think going into the series? I think uh, seeing the trailers, I had the least amount of knowledge about the path it was going to take. Like WandaVision, you saw the older uh, uh, type uh, 50s sitcom things. So you're like, okay, they're going to do something with uh, something kind of meta like that. And then... Uh, Falcon and Winter Soldier, it was like straight on, looked like action. This one was, I, we knew it was some kind of time travel, but did we think he was just going to hop around time? Like, we didn't think that they'd spent all this time in the TVA or wherever. I didn't know what it was at the time. So I was very much, didn't know where this was going. Like, well, I mean, who doesn't love Tom Hiddleston, right? Is Loki. He's great. So we're like, okay, I'll probably want to see this more than the other ones just because of him. But uh, yeah, I had no clue where it was going to go. Yeah, I'm kind of the same way. I didn't have much expectation, um, except for the fact that, you know, once we heard that it was a time travel thing, that it had something to do with time travel, I think I had a little bit of expectation that he was going to be bouncing around timelines and probably a little more than we actually got. I thought it was going to be like, oh, he's going to show up in 1965 and he's going to show up like or at like major events in history and kind of cause trouble and and do things like like change things and they're going to be chasing him through time trying to stop him like that's kind of what i was expecting and that's not exactly what we got um 
and we'll get into like you know what it turned out to be later but yeah initially i wasn't super pumped um i thought we had kind of seen enough of loki throughout all the films and i was like more Loki. okay i guess i mean as long as it's something i'm glad we're getting some content because we were starved for it but yeah i didn't have huge expectations i, I kind of th thought i knew what it was about um and i like time travel stuff i love that you know that part of sci-fi genre but other than that wasn't too thrilled to be getting a loki series you know all right so what i'd like to do is kind of take a look at characters individually and we'll just kind of go around and uh say what we thought about the character and, and what they did you can i mean talk about the whole series here so you know how it ended how the character developed whatever it is that you liked or disliked about the characters and we will start with ken um what did you think overall of tom hiddleston's loki uh i was surprised at actually how much of the hero he became by the end uh what, what we saw from the movies was of course he wasn't the main character so you just saw this kind of transition and by the end he was more uh uh, I would guess more noble, but he still had his his uh, impishness, his his Loki ish about Loki ishness about him. Um, but yeah, in this series, you got to see him start off that like how he was, uh, and then move to being a sympathetic character, then move to actually being a, almost a hero, trying to be a hero at the end, but uh, he was thwarted in doing so to actually see. So to actually see that progression, I was quite surprised, and and the fact that it just it happened over six episodes you'd think it would feel forced or something like that but it felt natural over the whole six mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. noel i was very confused about what they were going to do with this 2012 loki like how are they going to make him the loki that everybody knows and who's gone through all these movies and grown and i was really surprised how they managed to do that in such a short series and you know Tom Hiddleston's such a great actor and really just kind of brought out this depth in Loki that I don't think we'd gotten to see in all his previous appearances. So I was glad it didn't feel forced or rushed and he just like had time to be able to grow into like a new Loki that we haven't really seen before. Yeah, I'm, I, I kind of was, I think that him kind of, making that turn into at least anti-hero throughout the films kind of helped us to for it not to feel rushed you know what i mean like because we already know the current day loki we know what he's needs to get to by the end of this series and we've seen that version so it doesn't feel as as forced like oh we're gonna make him the hero now he was already kind of on his way before he got killed to being a hero. I mean, he was making that journey, but because it took so long in the films, it was kind of a concern. Like, how are they going to take a guy who just tried to take out the Avengers and rule Midgard to now a guy that, that we see what, how many, what, um, eight years later, it took him eight years to make this journey there. He's going to make it in what, a few days at the, in the TVA, but time works differently in the TVA. So who knows? All right, so next I want to talk about the other Loki, the lesser Loki, the superior Loki, uh, whatever you want to call her, Sylvie. So, Noelle, what did you think of the introduction of Sylvie in the series? I really enjoyed Sylvie's character. Um, I was, I mean, there was like the rumors about a lady Loki and everything, but actually seeing her in the episode where she's revealed was so fun. And then just to see Sylvia and Loki play off of each other and kind of able to grow. And I thought she ended up being a pretty fun character and still different enough. She had her different story and she's been on the run for who knows how long and all of that. So I, I really ended up liking Sylvie and I didn't know if I would, especially not knowing if she's going to be a villain or, you know, who is this other Loki? So I, I enjoyed her character. And Ken, what'd you think? I think it took me a couple episodes to really uh, get into her character. But by the end of it, I mean, she was great. Those last two episodes, uh, I think she just did a bang-up job. Um, uh, I, I like the fact that they made her the same as Loki, being a variant, but almost the exact opposite. I mean, she's yeah. 
they, they both have, of course, emotional issues, but uh, she was, uh, well, I guess they said it in the last episode, they said, uh, Loki said, uh, you can't trust and I can't be trusted. So they're like almost polar opposites, but the same person at the same time. So I think they really did that, did that pretty well. And I think by the end of it, you didn't mind that Loki was making out with himself, I guess. But uh, but that's what happens in myth- all mythologies, right? Like even Norse or Greek or Roman, there's always your messing around with your your mom or your sister or your kids a wolf. So by the end of it, I mean, if you're making it with yourself, it really doesn't. Uh, that's that's mythology, right? Yeah, that that's I actually was going to ask you guys about that next, um, but I guess I'll just ask Noel then. What did you think of the idea of them having a relationship? Like this is Loki falling in love with himself. How did that? rub you the wrong way or it would, did you enjoy it just the same as if they weren't you know the same person uh i didn't really have a problem with like the variant dynamic or i didn't find that weird maybe i should have found it weirder it didn't really bother me too, so much um i i'm weird about like love stories in movies or shows they kind of like bore me um mm-hmm. but adding the dynamic of loki like learning to love himself i was able to kind of feel like it had a little more meaning than just these two, like literally just met and now they're falling in love on Lamentus. And so it, it added something fun, but love stories aren't my favorite. <laughs> yeah. I think you, I think you got it right there when you said it, he learned to love himself. Cause that's kind of how he became the hero is he learned Owen Wilson got to uh, gave him some really good uh, psychiatric advice. And then uh, they kind of outward displayed, this is how a man, Love, learns to love himself and then they showed it so i thought that was really good yeah yeah it was almost like it was like a metaphor playing out but with you know real people and that's a really good point noel because i didn't even put that together as if like this is him learning to love himself like seeing another version of himself and really seeing like the positive qualities in him in himself like it's it's interesting i didn't even think of it like metaphorically like that like you know he's learning to love himself but for sure is what ended up happening um all right so next up we're going to talk about mobius now there was a lot of fun stuff with mobius throughout the series um i I am still still like torn up inside we didn't see him on a jet ski um but why don't you start us off ken and tell us you know initial thoughts on mobius and you know how do you think he developed over the series uh owen wilson is an actor i've never been a real fan of the whole uh i guess partially high dude I've never been a fan of the characters like that. And that's most of his career. So to have him more as a bureaucrat, uh, I really liked him. I think this is my favorite role of his. Uh, The character was both necessary because he was the the psychiatrist for Loki, but also, I mean, he also gave Loki someone else to love, right? He didn't just fall in love with Sylvie. He he found a friend and just those two together, I thought were a great buddy cop uh, partnership was fantastic. They're just so much fun together. Yeah, Owen Wilson, I think, fantastic job. Mobius, uh, I'd love to see him come back in something. I assume he's coming back in the second season, but uh, hopefully he can pepper around the, the MCU as well. Mm-hmm. No, well. I love Mobius. Um, I was, when Owen Wilson was cast, and like, how is he going to fit into anything related to the MCU? And then he, you see him in the the suit and the gray hair it's like who is this guy but he did such a good job i love mobius i would have loved if there were more episodes of that like buddy cop kind of dynamic between him and loki because i think that was one of my favorite things about the whole series was just their dynamic and their conversations and you know that mobius sees through all of loki's bullshit and just gives him the hard the hardest time over how he is and what he does. And so I, I really enjoyed Mobius. I wish there would have been more of him. Yeah, I, um, I love Mobius. I, I thought, and, but the, I guess the difference here is that I love Owen Wilson as well. Um, unlike you guys, I already like Owen Wilson. And so I thought this series had a good blend of, of the Owen Wilsonisms that he portrays in every movie, but toned down a bit to play this more like, like you said, bureaucratic or serious character. Um, But he still had that way of speaking about him that was very Owen Wilson. And I think a lot of that created the comedy beats between them. Um, So I thought he 
brought a great comedy dynamic. But yeah, at the same time, um, you really, I'll be honest, I cared more about Mobius and Loki's relationship than, than Sylvie and Loki's relationship. I actually wasn't, and I guess I should have said it before, but I wasn't a huge fan of the relationship dynamic. It's just that, that now that you've brought up that, you know, it was him learning to love himself. I'm like, oh, okay. I like it a little more now. Um, but initially, I guess after watching the series, I, I was kind of bored. Kind of like you said, like love stories are kind of boring. Love stories aren't always boring. Like Jerry Maguire is like one of my favorite movies of all time. Um, but that's, I mean, that's not even, that's not really just a love story, but I digress. So, uh, <sighs> I wasn't a huge fan of their relationship, but I was a big fan of Loki and Mobius relationship. And I, I kind of wish, I think um, in, in episode two, when we see Loki like take off through the portal and leave Mobius behind after you thought they were kind of building a, a, a real relationship, it's typical of Loki. It made sense, um, but it did kind of hurt. You were like, oh man, I was hoping they would stay together throughout this thing. But, you know, we needed we needed him and Sylvie to have some some time alone to develop. I guess um, that's but yeah. Kind of, oh, I guess that's kind of another thing I really liked about his character. He he played hurt a lot. He you thought he was the supposed to be the big, not the big bad, but the the guy who was supposed to be uh, in charge of this whole situation for them and stuff like that. But then he was always hurt when Loki would leave him, or when when Renslayer betrayed him. He just just had this awe, and, and he just felt like oh poor Mobius. Uh, yeah. yeah, I I yeah he did a really good job. Uh, I don't think we heard him go. Wow! Once in the show, did we? No. 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 We 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 got an owl. He did say yeah. owl. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, and I think that's one of the reasons why everyone. I mean, everyone seemed to be rooting for him to get that jet ski. It's like, cause yeah. you just want you want this guy to get something in life because he. I mean, he showed pretty early on that he just was like this beaten down, you know, um, basically like a government guy, like you know, working in a cubicle type, chasing down variants. It, you know, you can tell he's just beat down by his career, but he's constantly convincing himself that like, well, this is what I'm here for. This is my job. You know, I take pride in it. But at the same time, the guy's like, he's over it, you know? All right. Ravana Renslayer. And we'll start with Noel. How did you think this character developed throughout the series? I wish she would have developed a little bit more as a character because I loved her. Like from like the first time she showed up on screen, I was like, oh, she is so great. I absolutely love her. She's, I don't know, there was just something about her that I found like really intriguing. And by the end, I guess it'll come out more in season two, but what does she know and where is she going? Like, what is her plan? What is her goal? Because I thought that she was in on whatever this grand scheme behind the TVA was, but yeah. it seems like she only learned that at the end when she gets those files. And so I'm I'm interested to see where she goes because I feel like there's a lot to her character that we just didn't get time to see. Yeah, we're definitely definitely seems like we're going to get more of her in in season two with her just taking off with no explanation of where she's really going. It's like, I think we're going to catch up with her. Ken, what did you think of Ravana Renslayer? Uh, yeah, I felt she, uh, I mean, I love the actress Gugu Mbatha-Raw. I think she's great. But I felt the character didn't find a lane, like, especially in that last episode or last couple episodes, she was, her motivations just seemed off. She was, it seemed like she was going to keep towing the company line. She was like, it doesn't matter that there's no timekeepers. Let's just keep going as we're going. It's important, stuff like that. And then the last scene we see her, she's like, oh, I'm going to go find Free Will. And she takes off. So it's like, okay, so you're not going to toe the line anymore. So it was kind of conflicting. Yeah. The only thing I could think of is she said uh, uh, only the person who controls everything has free will. So maybe she's going somewhere to control everything, to take over the, the TVA somehow, and uh, and she'll come back, and that's how she's getting free will. Uh, so, yeah, her motivations just seemed off in, that, in the last episode. I couldn't – there's no, like, ground to hold them, uh, hold them on. I don't know. I'm glad I'm glad you said that because I didn't know how to put words to it. Um, that's why you're the writer, Ken. Uh, but I, I was, I was like, like, <laughs> like, I'm like, what is it about her that like I can't put my finger on what it is that something bothers me? And that I think that's what it is. Like, 
once it was revealed that she wasn't really in on everything, then I was like, okay, so what is she after here? Like, why does she care so much uh, about continuing? And then, yeah, once it, once it turned out that she really didn't know and she was like asking her own questions, why was she still, you know, obsessed with catching the variants and it didn't make any sense. So yeah, that's, I guess that's why I'm interested to see like, what the hell are they going to do with her now? Because it, it seemed really up in the air, what she was after, yeah. you know, and, and to make that dump really quick from like, we need to remain, you know, everything needs to be controlled. We need to trust the process. We need to trust the, the timekeepers. Uh, she went from that to, I'm going to go find free will. Boop, like she's gone. So it was a, it was a, it was a quick turnaround right at the end where it seemed like it didn't make sense because she was holding on, holding on, holding on. And she's like, okay, I'm done. I, I'm going to guess that they're going to go uh, in the second season and go back to when she's this teacher and that something will happen to her in that, that, that creates what she becomes. And then she'll become the variant after that. And then that's, that will inform her decisions. And I, I hope they do explain it better. Well, what did you guys think about that whole reveal that, you know, we knew that they were variants a little bit earlier on, um, but about Renslayer had been a teacher at some school back in her, you know, regular life. Like, what'd you think about that? And and also variants in general. What'd you think about the, the idea that the entire TVA was just made up of variants? Uh, Noel? I, I was surprised to find out. Renslayer had been a teacher because she's so high up. She's supposedly the only one, the only one who talks to the timekeepers. Um, and so it's like, when, when did she become so important in the TVA? Because mm. it didn't look that long ago that she was a teacher, at least in, you know, the set and everything. It was not a very long time ago. And so I, I don't know. It's, I wasn't surprised that they were all variants because when they told the whole fable of the timekeepers creating all of the employees, it was like, how are they create? Who are these people? They're in control yeah. of the timeline and they can create all these beings. And so yeah. that I didn't find super surprising just because it was like, where else are they going to come from? But I want to know how these people got picked as TVA employees versus just getting pruned. And how did they, how did they go from being regular people in regular lives to these little brainwashed TVA workers? Yeah. And, and also it wasn't, well, we don't know how long ago, I guess maybe we can judge by Sylvie's age, but not too long ago, she was the big screw up, right? Like she's the one that let the, the Loki variant get away. And so how did she go from that? Like being a, a TVA agent who failed at something really big, made a big mistake, and then become like she's running the whole thing and she's a judge. That's kind of crazy. What did you think about it, Ken, about how they how they did um, the variants, like everyone was variants? I was fine with that. It's a plot point either way, right? Hopefully they explore it more. Um, uh, I think with the Renslayer, it's, yeah, it doesn't, how did it, she go from that, from there so quickly? And if she was a teacher before, what could she have done that was so uh, big universe changing that, that she was a variant that made a variant. Like she marked the wrong test. Like well, what happened that she, she, uh, she became someone who needed to be pruned. That, that was odd. Uh, so there's gotta be something she becomes or something she is. There's they're probably going to explore her more than anyone else next season, like more re revelations. Uh, that was probably my least favorite scene in that whole last episode was in the school uh, room with Renslayer because she comes in, who are you guys? And then the other two people talk and she just stands there and watches them. Like I'd be yeah. Get the hell out of my school. What are you doing? Yeah. Yeah. Um, I think I forgot what I was gonna say. Never mind. We're gonna move on. Uh, all right. So all right. So now we're gonna talk about the big bad, kind of, I guess. Uh, the big reveal at the end. So we'll just talk about it all in one big chunk. So any points you want to make about any of it. Um, but what did you think of He Who Remains, uh, the Kang variant, Noel? I absolutely loved him. He was 
one of my favorite parts of the entire series, I think. He just did such a good job. He was so, he was this, he played this, he played it so well in being the one in charge, but just being sick of it, but also still getting joy from toying with these two Lokis sitting in front of him. And I was excited. I was sure from the very beginning, once we saw time travel, I was like, Kang is going to be in this show. I was so convinced. And then because I was so sure, I was sure I was wrong. So I was so happy to see him at the end, but I thought he did such a good job and he was so interesting. And I, I don't know, I just loved the whole scene beginning to end with him. Ken? Uh, yeah, I agree. Yeah, he was the best character in the, the show. But... Show filled with great characters, and he was just the best. His delivery was fantastic. He'd go from being a little crazy, from being alone from all this time, to very subdued, to be like, oh, you'll see. Uh, he, yeah, he he was great from begin to end. Not a false note. He was literally chewing the scenery, like he was chewing that apple. Best performance by an apple, by the way. Uh, <laughs> yeah, no, he he was fantastic. Um, I think they they did what they the best thing you could possibly do. Uh, like we thought with the first one of vision that is Mephisto, everyone thought that and it wasn't. And this one we're like, well, are they gonna do it again? They're not gonna have Kang, even though this is all about time. And then they gave us Kang, but then they also killed them off. And then we're gonna get other Kangs, which they can introduce in the, in the movie. So they don't have to worry about no one watching this Loki. Though people who watch every movie watch are watching these shows. So it does, it, they shouldn't feel that way that you can't put something in these shows because they're watching both. Otherwise, they're just watching those singular movies, like singular movies. So therefore, it doesn't matter what you do somewhere else. So yeah, they did everything they could do right with that character, both in that performance and what, how they presented them and will use them in the future. Fantastic. I have nothing but great things to say about them. Yeah, that, that's one of the things I found interesting about him that they used... Um, you know, this whole show is about variants, and they used a variant of Kang. I thought that was a pretty cool addition because I was I was pretty convinced that they were going to make it a Loki variant, you know, in the end, that's who was going to be behind it all. Yeah. I didn't think they would introduce Kang um, because, and I'm glad they proved me wrong, but because of the other series not doing big stuff like that, you know, they didn't introduce any big bad. They didn't um, move the story in any big way. They didn't change the characters or, or kill any main characters off. So, like, I didn't think they would do it in this series. And I'm I'm glad that they did. Like, that actually it saved the series for me because while I loved it in the beginning, I started to not like it as much towards, like, episode four and five. I wasn't sure where they were going. Um, I thought they might do Kang. But then I was almost pre-disappointed because I'm like, but they're not really going to do Kang. So why are they building Kang up so much? This is messed up. You know, it's it's like, the WandaVision Quicksilver thing all over again. They're like trying to like play with our emotions. And I'm glad that they went through with it. They really brought Kang. Um, but yeah, like, as you were saying, like the, the idea that it's a variant, it, it makes it so it's like we introduced them, but we didn't really introduce them. The Kang we're going to see later is a much different version. I mean, as, as he was saying, like, you don't want to meet this other version of me, these other versions of me. Um, I I I think it was a neat way to do it that to have this totally different version um, because then yeah you can keep using him and he's gonna have a lot of fun the actor is gonna have a lot oh, yeah. of fun he get, especially if he gets to play more than just one more you know if he gets to play several different versions I don't know if you guys ever watched I know it's kind of cheesy but the uh, the CW Flash series and uh, Tom Cavanaugh in that series gets to play like. 50 different versions of himself and all, you can just tell he's having a lot of fun because he doesn't have to play the same guy even though he's the same guy he doesn't have to play the same guy every single season he gets to be a different version of that guy yeah. but yeah i i liked it i liked um i liked that it turned out to be kang um so they, they weren't tricking us um i i okay so like <laughs> this isn't really to do with Kang in particular, but when Loki and Sylvie are, are in the chambers talking to him and they full on go into a fight, I thought that was a little much like I, I could see that there'd be a disagreement or whatever, but 
they very quickly went to blows, even though they were on this journey together and learned how to enchant together and all this stuff. And I'm like, come on, like we're back to the punching and kicking each other again. Like that's, that's, they're basically in love. And then now they're back to square one. It, it seemed kind of, kind of silly. Also, and you know, this, this can go anywhere. What do you, what do you guys think about the, f- I wasn't a fan of the fight choreography in this series, like as compared to maybe Falcon and the Winter Soldier or other more um, action movies. Like I saw Black Widow and it's like the choreography in that is badass, um, but it didn't seem as good in Loki. Do, do you guys agree with that or did, did you run into that at all? I don't know if I took note of that really. I guess for an explanation could be all those other characters are action characters and this guy's uh, the, the little finger of the group, right? The, he's the guy who just stands there and makes makes people do the things they don't want to do or tricks them and stuff like that. So it's, it's not he's not about fighting, so I could see if they made that a choice, but I didn't really notice much of that. Okay. Yeah, Did you notice same, that? I'd say the same exact thing. I, was, I hadn't really thought about it, but yeah, I was going to say, you know, he's not really a fighter. He's He's always behind the scenes, and so... I can understand that neither of them is really, you know, that neither of them is Black Widow and going to know all these cool fight moves or anything. Um, So I guess it makes sense in that way. Yeah. Yeah, it's true. I was just, I think early on in the series, I was impressed by that first, you know, when they, when they played the, uh, I need a hero song and they had Sylvie like taking out all these TVA agents. It seemed really good then, but then later when they're in the timekeepers chambers, it, it seemed I don't know. It seemed obviously choreographed. It didn't look as as, as badass. But anyway, that, that's me. That's what I thought of it. Um, but okay, so now I want to talk about some of the other characters who are more like supporting characters for this show. And basically, we got Miss Minutes. We've got B-15. We've got C-20 who uh, Sylvie enchanted and, you know, got information about the timekeepers from. Um, We've got the, those different Loki variants that we had when episode five. And then you got the, you know, fake ass timekeepers. So any thoughts on any of those characters? Like, what did you guys think of um, the Miss Minutes clock? Did you ever think Miss Minutes was going to be the big bat? Because I heard that theory. Hello? Hello? I didn't think she'd be the big bad, but I also didn't expect to see like a giant nightmare version of Miss Minutes either when they finally saw her. Um, I think I was just generally confused. Like, what is this little thing? It seems real, but it's she's the cartoon. That kind of threw me off. Um, at first, I really thought she was adorable. And then at the end, I was, now I think she's terrifying. Yeah. Yeah. And the, and the final episode where she just pops out, like the jump scare of Miss Minutes. Yeah. Uh, and Ken, uh, Ms. Minutes, or any of these other characters you want to talk about? The Loki variants? Yeah, Ms. Minutes, so she got pretty sinister towards the end there. She's like that character you see in some movies that's always smiling, and you can see behind her eyes that she's going to murder you. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I want to know, though, is this character going to be someone that we know from the, the comics? Like, is she going to be like how Jarvis in the, the movies turned into the Vision? Is she going to become something else in the comics that I can't think of off the top of my head? She's, it seemed almost like they were going that way. But yeah, she did a good sinister job by the end of it. So that was pretty fun. Uh, for the rest of them, uh, B-15, I really liked. I thought she was fantastic, uh, the actress and the character. She was probably the most heartbreaking of any of them when she saw her former self. And, or she said she saw her former self. She just she looked happy and that kind of really got me. Uh, other than that, Loki variants, Richard E. Grant. Was fun as as uh, Loki, the old old school Loki, and just uh, yeah, that was I I really liked that episode. Uh, yeah, that's about all I I can think of. Noah, what did you think of of these different Loki variants? Wh- which one was your favorite of all the Loki variants? I think oh, so hard. I think the classic Loki might have been my favorite. Um, mm. I, I don't know. I really liked him. I would have liked to see more of him. Um, and I didn't expect to like him the most just because the old costume and everything. 
Um, so I didn't expect him to like him, but I think he might have been my favorite of the Loki variants that we got to meet with Alligator Loki a close second. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I uh, I enjoyed I enjoyed classic Loki just for that costume. I love that they're doing that in these series, like working in original comic book accurate costumes somehow into the story, like in WandaVision, how they bring it in through it. Yeah. They're just Halloween costumes. He's a Mexican wrestler like. Um, she's a, 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 a witch, right? A Sokovian witch. Fortune teller. So, fortune teller. There you go. Um, but th- there's all these cool explanations, right? And then and this one, he actually is Loki. I think that was cool. But I think it's it shows the love that the creators have for the source material. And I think that's why the fans, you know, on top of it just being put together, it's so immaculately but we gravitate towards this mcu over maybe the fox x-men films or whatever superhero you know the sony verse um the reason i think people gravitate to this because it's obvious how much the people making it love what they're doing like they love the stories they're telling and they care about the characters and they care about like i don't think they're just doing it to please um geeky comic book fans they're doing it to please themselves like they're like oh i've always wanted to see what you know uh loki would look like in real life in his classic costume like no matter how ridiculous it seems i want to put it in here let's do it like i love that they're doing that and that's that's that was probably i didn't i wasn't a huge fan of episode five um just because it was so uh, i don't know I, i i didn't like it that much but what I did appreciate is seeing all the variants. I did like seeing different versions of Loki, no matter how brief. And maybe that's part of it. I thought they were going to um, give us a little more of the wide variety of Lokis. But mostly we just got the the other three that he was hiding out with. And you quickly saw the candidate Loki and um, some different versions. But I don't know. I would have liked to play in that world a little more, hang out with those Lokis a little bit more, see some different ones. Um, so now I just kind of want to go around and talk about the episodes in general. Uh, first of all, this was more like Falcon in the Winter Soldier in terms of episode length. I think they were pretty much right on like 45 to 50 minute episodes, um, whereas WandaVision was all over the place with their storytelling, the way that they did it. Um, and it made sense for WandaVision. Uh, but did you think six episodes was enough to tell the story ken uh yeah i think it was because at the end of the day they got loki from where he had to be or where he was to where he had to be and they did it and it didn't feel forced so i think they did it enough uh do you put more episodes in and then risk it feeling too long like you've got a filler episode here and there uh, i i even think they could maybe well, maybe they couldn't have done it in five but uh no i, I think they did the, the right amount i think they made a good choice Okay. And Noel, do you need to go? No, I'm good. Okay. Yeah, okay. good. So, yeah. Right. I was just gonna say I, I wish there would have been more episodes. I think there there could have been more. I think I would have liked to see more with the Loki variants. Um I mean they it did feel like there was filler time already, but maybe more of Renslayer. Just kind of dive into things a little bit more. They could have done if it had a few more episodes at least. Um but they, they got the story done in six, so that's what okay. we did. And we'll, I guess the difference here is that we we know there's a season two. And so maybe that's why they're like, they're okay with like leaving stuff not as explained or going too deep into Renslayer or, or maybe even the Loki variants. I mean, who knows? We're about to open up the multiverse. We might see more of them as well. So um, I, I think it's cool that we already knew at least at, Big time fans. I don't know if casual fans know that there's a season two coming even. Um, sometimes I forget that like everyone else doesn't know all this stuff that we know. Like they're not digging, you know, their Google feed isn't full of like Marvel spoilers and like upcoming movies and stuff. So I know, I know for me as a big fan of it, it helped the series that I knew that we were getting a season two. Um, it, it took away a little bit of the stakes because I knew they couldn't kill Loki off or, you know, certain things like they had to keep uh some characters alive for the next story but 
it gave me comfort in the end of the series going, oh, okay, well, they'll explain it later. We've got more time to do this. So, yeah, I, I thought it was a good, I thought it was pretty good uh, amount of episodes. And, and the episode length, I think, worked well. Um, I don't know if I would have wanted any longer episodes. They, they're pretty perfect. I definitely not. I don't want 20-minute uh, WandaVision episodes of it. Um, but overall, yeah, I dug it. So what I want to ask first, before I get into your favorite episodes of the series, I want to ask you to pick a least favorite. And I'll start with Noel. What was your least favorite episode out of the six? That is hard to decide, but I think I would go with episode three, Lamentis, because it there was so much going on in the first two episodes and there's so much that needed to happen. And it felt, I was frustrated at the end of that episode that they were just still stuck. Like, didn't move along. It moved on the relationship with Loki and Sylvie. Um, but then that's also when like the love story started. So I was not super thrilled to see that. Um, so I think of all of them, that was probably my least favorite one. All right. Ken, what'd you think? Uh, I think uh, we're both going to gang up on you, Brett. I know uh, <laughs> your favorite is Lamentis, or at least that you really like that episode, but I think it was the probably my least favorite. Uh, I know it was supposed to be a character build episode, but I felt they built the characters better in the other episodes. And so then this one just felt, felt uh, superfluous. It just didn't seem like it was necessary, or they could have just taken a bit of that and put it onto another episode or something like that. I just, yeah, didn't, I felt that was, the first two episodes kind of went like this to the, the third, and then it, I think after that, it just kept going up and up. Uh, so, yeah, I think we're, I think we're at odds, buddy. Yeah, well, uh, you'll be surprised, because after, after watching more of the series, um, that might not be my favorite episode, we'll get to that. Um, but episode, I, I gotta go with, unfortunately, with, I think, Episode four had too much crazy shit happen. I can't pick episode four. I think I go to episode five. Um, and I know we, we just got done talking about how cool it was to have the variants, but I remember after watching the episode, I wasn't, I was just like, I don't know. I, it didn't seem like, I, I know they did a lot in that episode, but it was, I don't know. I, I don't know if I liked the, the, um, What's the place called? The Void? I'm not sure I liked that. Like, I loved the variants. I liked that aspect of it. But I didn't like this time in the Void. And, the, you know, Mobius happens to show up in the car right when Sylvie comes through. It's like, it was just all too convenient to be at, like, the end of time. And this like, you know, who knows how big this Void is. Um, but it, I don't know. It, it was... I, I like the nostalgia piece of, of putting the variants in, but I didn't really care for the episode as a whole. It wasn't that I was just like, okay, give me the last one. I want to see how it ends. You know what I mean? Like I, I, I wanted to see a little more. They revealed that castle. I'm like, okay, I don't know. I don't know what this is, but yeah, episode five, probably, probably my least favorite. All right. So now we need to talk about our favorite. So usually a little more to say about favorite episodes. So, Ken, what which episode do you pick as your favorite? Uh, I think I have less to say because it's that episode six. Everything with King, everything, just how they went through uh, from showing Owen Wilson to Loki and Sylvie. I did like the fight between those two because I felt that both of them, at this point in their lives, like this second, this is the biggest goals they they have, right? This has been Sylvie's entire life has been going to this point since she was 10. Uh, and then Loki, this is, he's finally sees that this is probably the most important thing that has ever happened to him. But, and they're on the opposite end. So I could see her trying to do what she's been almost programmed herself to do for her entire life and him trying to stop her because he knows that would be the opposite of what has to be done. So I love their fight there. Love Ken, can't say enough about that guy. Loved Owen Wilson getting beat up by Renslayer and just saying, all right, <laughs> I tried, but uh, yeah, uh, no, I just love, that's probably my favorite episode of the entire MCU TV series, all three of them. 
Wow. Okay. Yeah. All right. Noah, do you feel the same way? Is it just the the finale? That was my favorite too. I like I, I saw a lot of people online were not really in love with that episode and uh, I watched it a little later so I was like oh no is it not going to be good and then I watched it and I was like oh my god this is it this is what I've been waiting for and I loved it I mean Kang was just the best I, I just wanted more of him um, and then actually getting like such a huge payoff from one of these uh, Disney plus shows in that it didn't just close a loop with the show with multiverse is open, like anything can happen from here. Um, that I think helped part of why I love it so much. It was like, oh my gosh, not only Kang, the multiverse, having all of these explanations. And then uh, I don't like love stories, but I do like love stories that have tragic endings. And so getting the sort of betrayal from Sylvie of Loki and their their goals are not aligned. Um, I liked I liked that. So the fight kind of made sense to me that they don't want the same thing. They they have you know conflicting goals or Loki's growing and learning how to love and Sylvie's like yeah but I'm still on a mission so we gotta go. Yeah, I I think um, I I would almost agree with you guys, um, but it might make the show a little more boring. So I'm gonna pick something <laughs> different. Um, I do find it interesting, though, that you guys are in agreement on, on the finale, which it kind of should be the best episode, right? Like the finale, when you're building a, a TV series, that finale should be the thing that, wow, you know, that made the series. Um, but I find it interesting that on the other round tables we've done for Falcon and the Winter Soldier and WandaVision, people were all over the place with their favorite episode. Like it wasn't. I don't, I'm not even sure if anyone chose the finale, maybe once, maybe once or twice someone chose the finale, but otherwise it was all over. It was like, oh, I liked episode three because they built up this guy, or I like this because they introduced this new character. Like, but it's interesting that you're both on the same page there. And I'm almost right there with you. I really enjoyed like episode six saved the entire series for me, for me. If it, if they wouldn't have, created the multiverse with the end of this series i probably wouldn't have liked it very much because that's kind of once they got into the series and said like you know it's about protecting a timeline i was super excited because you know for me and this is my obligatory x-men reference this is how we get the x-men right i mean people don't all agree with me but this is this is where i think that we're at least going to see different kinds of characters. We might get to see X-Men this way. Um, you know, some people don't like that idea of introducing the X-Men through the multiverse, but that's kind of what that was what I thought it would be. So, yeah. So when I hear that they're doing a story that relates to the multiverse, that this might be the kickoff series, and I wasn't expecting that. I wasn't expecting the series to, to kick it off. I figured we would just be introduced to the multiverse in the Spider-Man movie or, you know, I, we don't know if that's really going to be a multiverse, but it looks like it probably will be. Um, we definitely know that that um, there is a multiverse of madness film, a Doctor Strange film, so we know we're going there. Um, but I was really happy that they did it here because uh, it wouldn't. We're still a ways out from that Doctor Strange movie, which I think will probably wrap up most of this storyline. But I'm glad they introduced it now. So that it wasn't all crammed together, like at the end, like, oh, this is the multiverse. These are the characters. This is what it's like. This is the timeline they have to do. They can do all the exposition here in this series and let us know what timelines are, how it works, what the TVA is. Like, So I enjoyed the final episode for that, for for actually having the balls to, like, just introduce a big bad here and and, you know, um, kick off the multiverse with this series. That's what that's saved it for me but in terms of just an episode that from beginning to end i was like into it the entire time um i think episode two and that's the one where we first meet sylvie we see um her beating up tva agents and then disappear mysteriously and they're hunting her like that's and also episode two had this like horror element to it like there was like jump scares almost and they're like creeping through that rocks cart 
uh, store. And it was like, you know, what's around the next corner? I was actually kind of a little bit, I wouldn't say scared, but, you know, worried for the characters. Like, oh, man, what, this place is scary. And with that, uh, the idea as well of um, apocalyptic events, like, scares the shit out of me anyway. You know, it's like having no control that you're going to die and everyone you know is going to die. That is scary. And so when they did that, it it added to that feel of like, oh, this is kind of like a horror film. Like, everyone's doomed here. Um, but probably my favorite part about episode two was whatever genius writer came up with the idea that they should they should like where the variant or where the loki variant is hiding he's hiding on an apocalyptic event i thought that was the smartest thing like and maybe it, it was not that crazy to other people but <clears throat> when i heard that i'm like oh my god that's genius like of course that's where they would hide like but who would think of that i would never think of that like that's so smart such a smart thing to put in here but that revelation of that that loki comes to like oh this is where they must be hiding all through basically investigating like ragnarok which he hasn't even experienced he doesn't even know he had to read about the end of his world and through that he's like he's like oh you know if someone could go there and do anything no one would even it wouldn't even register to the tva and just putting that together i thought was brilliant like i thought that was really smart smart writing um and that's when we got the, the Mobius jet ski talk. Like that just that episode had everything I wanted, man. Like from beginning to end, you're jumping to different timelines. They go to Pompeii. Like I, then that's kind of what I was expecting from the series, right? Was timeline jumping, going to different times. And most of it took place, I think, outside of the timeline at the TVA, at the end of time, at the void. Um, but that episode, I think, had the most jumping around of timelines. And so I enjoyed that. And I enjoyed the entire, like, visiting apocalyptic events. I thought that was, I thought that was awesome. I think up until the finale, I would have said that episode two was my favorite. Yeah. Really good. Okay, so what I want to do now is kind of get overall thoughts on the series. I guess we kind of got it when we were talking about the finale here a minute ago. Um, but, you know, going in... I, I kind of seems like we're all like, okay, Tom Hiddleston, good to go, but, but not really expecting a whole lot from a Loki series. Like, I mean, it's it's cool that we're getting Tom Hiddleston, but we weren't super pumped, you know, for a Loki series. Um, but so from that, Ken, what did you think of how it played out, how they told the story, and like, and um, how they developed Loki's character, like we were talking about earlier, like from from basically villain to anti-hero in six episodes. What do you think about how they did that? Yeah, they I think they they did what I didn't think they were going to do at the beginning. After the first or second episode, I'm like, okay, they're gonna obviously have to put this guy in a journey. So are they gonna give him the same journey they did in the movies and get him to this place? But they obviously thought, okay, we can't just have him go there. We have to get him to go far further. But I mean, you, we have more time to play with that. So they did it in, like I said, they did it in six episodes and they didn't feel forced. So I felt they really did a good job. Uh, I have to say the series as a whole was, is the best of the, the three so far, uh, probably because what you said about uh, people picking their best episodes. This one stuck the landing. This one, at the end, you were satisfied. Uh, it's like the last episode of Breaking Bad. What you wanted to happen in it happened and it was great. The other two episodes, I think, uh, the other two series, WandaVision and uh, Falcon and the Winter Soldiers, I think both those series, their last episodes were their worst episodes of their entire series, each of them. Mm. And therefore, I didn't feel that the, they were successful as a whole because of, of that, because you always want to finish off with your best, right? Uh, so, yeah, so that would make this one, I guess, my favorite until my next favorite comes along. <laughs> yeah, I would agree. Uh, I would agree on WandaVision um, just because... I don't. I didn't care that they didn't give us Mephisto, but I just thought it was kind of not that great of an episode. Like I didn't no. like their little fireball fight, the throwing magic back and forth in the sky. It was just, 
I don't know. I didn't like how Wanda just walks away without any repercussions. Like, no one cares that she did this. Like, I mean, they care, but no one does anything. No one, she just, oh, we just let her go. She's, you know, damaged. Like, but she's... Everything's that agent storyline, and he just comes in and just pouts and tries to shoot them, and then he gets knocked. It's like, you built all this for this? This is, uh, yeah, I did not care for that episode. And I love the rest of the series, Yeah, and I, w- I will say that the the final episode of Falcon and the Winter Soldier was my favorite, but um, I don't think it was the worst. I, I think I, I was satisfied they got exactly where they were trying to get Sam Wilson um, taking up the mantle. I, I thought it was I thought it was a great ending. Um, I had another episode that I picked for my favorite for that one, but um, it w- to me it wasn't like WandaVision. I didn't feel unsatisfied. I was satisfied, you know. Um, it was good. It was good. But Noel, what did you think about this entire series, how they did it, how they with the story that they told? I loved it. I I loved WandaVision. Um I, I didn't have a big problem with the finale on that one. Um, but I, I loved that series so much I didn't think I was gonna like either of the following two as much as I liked WandaVision, but this one is so good. They they told the story, they show Loki grow um into kind of something new that we haven't seen before and Sylvie as a character introducing her and everything um I think they did a really good job just I mean everything in this series was new all the characters all the storyline um you know getting the multiverse and explaining from the beginning we're like okay so these people are in charge of all the time like who are how is this happening why is this happening and just getting like an actual satisfying ending of it's Kang and he's controlling it. And so just closing all of the, everything that came up and then leaving it open for whatever's coming next with the MCU and the shows. Um, I thought they did such a great job. I, uh, I think, was this, was this your favorite or do you still hold on to WandaVision? It's your favorite. It's my favorite. As much okay. as I hate to say it, because I love one, I love Scarlet Witch, and I love WandaVision so much. But Loki's my favorite series. Yeah, I put out a couple polls. <clears throat> put out a couple polls um, on Facebook and Twitter. I think right after the series ended, um, well, I put one out like halfway through the series, and everyone was big on WandaVision, okay on Falcon and the Winter Soldier, and really low on Loki. Right. Um, but after the series was over, it's like, I, I think WandaVision just barely inched out over Loki in terms of like what people thought was their favorite. So, yeah, those are up there. I'm not in agreement with those people. I'm the weirdo here. Like, I love Falcon the Winter Soldier. But, uh, but I will say that there is something that I loved about this series, and that is the overall implications for the larger MCU. Like the fact that they went there and they did it and they introduced the big bad and that they broke the timeline and that now we're getting the multiverse. Like for that, I appreciate the series. Like I put it, I think I put it over WandaVision in terms of uh, the story that they told. Um, But it's, it's not so much. I didn't care that much for Sylvie, honestly. I didn't care that much for the Sylvie Loki relationship and watching that develop. Um, but I did love what it means, what this series means now. Like I'm super excited now for anything we get after. And this made the What If series canon, right? I mean, before it was just this standalone series like in our heads you know this like kind of unconnected animated thing that they were putting out oh just take a look into the what if series that'll be fun um but now it's like well they could just be literally showing us other universes like this is this timeline this is this timeline and so it makes it way more relevant than and i i hope that means more people will watch it because i haven't heard a lot of buzz other than the animation looks good but i've been excited for look uh for for what if from the beginning and now I'm even more excited because it feels like, oh, it's real. That, that It's not just a what if, it's what is, right? <laughs> so I'm excited. I'm excited going forward. And so this series did that for me, made me really excited for what's next because 
they had the balls to do it, to show the bad guy, to, um, to introduce us to the multiverse, even though this wasn't a film. And so <clears throat> that's why it beats out WandaVision for me. It's hard to beat Falcon with a soldier for me, um, but because I didn't care as much. I liked Tom Hiddleston. I liked Mobius, um, but I didn't care a lot for Renslayer. I didn't care a lot for Sylvie. Um, there are some characters throughout that, like, I did like Kang. I liked Kang in the end. Um, and I don't know. I mean, like, Renslayer was okay for me. Sylvie got boring just because it was the, the story they were telling. I think she could be really interesting. It was just that it was about Loki kind of falling for her and her just wanting revenge. I didn't connect that much with the character. Like I was like, oh, she's just, she's so hell bent on revenge. And it also felt like she didn't reciprocate Loki's love. I don't know if you guys noticed that, but it was like she was so focused on her um, that it felt like Loki was like pining after her. Right. And she kind of reciprocated, you know, like they ended up kissing. Right. It's like, but she didn't feel real into it. And I don't know if that's just chemistry with the actors uh, because they're both great actors, but maybe together they they don't have as good a chemistry. Or maybe that was the role she was supposed to play. Like I'm I'm on a mission here, so I don't have time for your feelings. Um, but yeah, yeah, I think um, the story they they told when it comes to introducing the multiverse was fantastic. I love that aspect of it. All right, so. We're going to wrap this thing up here. We're going to, um, you, you guys can tell people where they can find your work, where they can follow you on social media. Um, Noel. Yeah. So, um, my podcast X-Men Unraveled, it's on any place that you get your podcast. And I have an Instagram for the show at X-Men Unraveled. Uh, well, you can find me on Twitter at, at writer K Jansons. That's J A N S S E N S. Uh, my movie comes out in on August 10th uh, on demand all over the states. So if you want to watch it, it's called The Return. Um, it's directed by B.J. Vero, uh, starring Richard Harmon, uh, uh, Sarah Thompson, and Echo Anderson. Uh, please check it out. Uh, also, my comic book Hindsight, uh, with art by Matt Martin and uh, Federico Taibo, is coming out from Virus Comics. Uh, the fourth episode, the issue just came out. The fifth one is going to be coming out in a couple weeks. All right. Well, thank you guys. I appreciate you doing this. Um, I, I thought it went great. And I hope you guys had a good time. Thanks for doing it. Thanks. All right, ladies and gents, that is going to do it for the roundtable discussion. I hope you enjoyed what you heard today. Uh, I will leave links for you to follow both Noel and Ken in the show notes. As always, uh, if you have anything to add to the conversation or if you're interested in being a guest on Marvel Plus, you can reach out on Instagram or Twitter at RealBrettScott or you can email the show directly at MarvelPlusPodcast at gmail.com. If you're new here and you enjoy what you heard today, don't forget to favorite or follow the podcast so that you get all the episodes as soon as they release. And if you'd like to help to support the show, help it grow, you know, get better, reach a larger audience, there are a couple ways you can do that. First of all, and probably most important, tell your geeky friends about the show and share the episodes on social media. Um, another way you can help us reach a larger audience is to go over and rate and review the show on Apple Podcasts. Now, don't go out of your way, but if you're already listening on Apple Podcasts, I really would appreciate that rating and review it does help us get in front of more eyes and more eyes you know more eyes more ears you know how it works um and and last but not least if you are a mega fan of the show if this is one of your favorite podcasts there is a marvel plus patreon page and you know you could check that out you can get extra episodes, uh, video versions of the podcast, and all kinds of other, you know, exclusive stuff to Patreon. Uh, and just for just like a few bucks a month. In fact, the podcast you just listened to is over there already if you want to go check out the video version and see, you know, what we all look like as we're interacting, I guess. Um, uh, I'm also, I'm currently working on getting the Black Widow movie review up over there that I did with Justin Logan. Um, 
I thought it was a really great review, uh, kind of a super size review too. I think it's almost two hours. So, you know, if you're interested in that, that's one of the things available over there. So yeah, lots of cool extras, you know, no pressure. But if that's something you want to check out, go over to patreon.com slash Marvel Plus. Uh, there'll be a link in the show notes to that as well. Once again, thank you for listening to this special roundtable discussion. As always, my name is Brett Scott, and this has been Marvel Plus. Thank <laughs> you.